0: Well, happy Easter, Wheaton Bible Church. My name is Katie Williamson, and I'm the traditional worship director here. We welcome you, whether you're joining us from the West Chicago campus, either the contemporary or the traditional services, or from the Streamwood campus. Um, And if you're new, an extra warm welcome to you. Uh, We hope that you sense God's presence with us as we talk about what Jesus has done and who he is and how that changes our lives. You know, if you're like me this morning, you may have a a full gamut of emotions. You know, we have a deep-seated joy in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus but also a deep sadness that we can't celebrate it with our church friends and family and our loved ones and yet we as the body of wheaton bible church hold firm to the tenets of our faith that god is still in control and that nothing can separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord not the coronavirus not death and not our sin. And so that's what we rejoice in this morning. Let's look together at what it was like that very first Easter morning as we look at Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone. He is risen, church. He is risen indeed.
1: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above you, Heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. King Jesus. Wherever you're at, church, come on, let's sing it out this Easter morning. Praise God. Proclaim it together.
2: He is alive. We have this hope in Jesus Christ. He is risen, and because he lives, because he lives, we know that we will live with him. My name is Jonathan Jerez, and I'm a worship leader here at Wheaton Bible Church at the West Chicago campus, and it's a joy for me to be here. Uh, I've been out for the past three weeks, at least, in in self-quarantine, and it is a I can't tell you how happy and joyful I am just to be here with all these friends and brothers and sisters and with you online. And I'm so glad uh, that we can rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, even today. And uh, during these weeks, I have felt in myself uh, just, I'm pretty sure like many of you, just a lot of um, uncertainty, fear, anxiety, worry, and dealing with all these things in my heart. And I've, I've been just trying every day to come to the Lord and bring all of these burdens to Him because He tells us that He cares for us. And just filling my mind and heart with truth, His promises um, from His Word. And one particular passage that has been significant for me, just ministering to my heart, um, especially the last couple of days as we've celebrated Holy Week at home is First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. And I just want, I want to read it for you and then uh, just share a few thoughts uh, from my own life. First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Just like us just different circumstances but these people he was writing to were experiencing as well a lot of the things you and I are going through internally these days and Peter tells them we have a living hope in this time for them in times of persecution um, and for us in times of sickness in times of suffering and pain and loss and God is with us we have a God that uh, does not ignore our suffering and our pain, but instead he stepped in with us, but he overcame. And because of that, we have a living hope and we can look forward to the future because we know he holds the future. And so we want to sing that from our hearts today with that hope, because you live, we will live with you and I can face tomorrow. So let's sing that together.
3: God sent his son, they call him Jesus, and he came to love and heal and forgive, and he bled and died to buy. an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And because certain times because Christ lives and because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives.
4: this is our story
5: this is our song let's sing it out in the darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt.
6: victory. Where are them your sting. Mark 16:6. Six. Mark 16, 6. Don't be alarmed. No se asisten, les dijo. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. Ustedes están buscando a Jesús el Nazareno, who is crucified. Es que fue crucificado. He is risen. He is not here. No está aquí. He has risen, he is not here. No está aquí. Yes, he has risen, he is not here. Ha necesitado, no está aquí. He is not here, he has risen! No! Ha necesitado. He has risen, he is not here! See the place where they laid him. Miren el lugar donde lo pusieron. Where, O death, is your victory? Donde está un muerto de victoria? Where, death, is your sin? Where, O death, is your sin? John 11.25 Jesus said to her, I'm the Resurrection and the life. I am the Resurrection and the life. I'm the Resurrection and the life. I am the Resurrection and the life. Yo soy la Resurrección y la Vida. I'm the
1: Resurrection
6: and the life. The one who believes in me shall live. The one who believes in me shall live. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Where, all oh, death, is your victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sin. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace, and who through the blood of the eternal covenant, por la sangre del pacto eterno, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, levantó entre los muertos, and our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of that sheep, and grand pastor de las ovejas. equipped you with everything good for doing his will. Que los capacitas en todo lo bueno para hacer voluntad. May he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. Por medio de Jesucristo. Dios cumpla en nosotros lo que a él le agrade. To him be glory forever and ever, amen. A él sea la gloria por los siglos de los siglos, amen. To him be glory forever and ever, amen. To him be glory forever and ever and ever and ever, amen.
5: Amen. And the morning that heroes, all of heaven held its breath. Till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the day rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe. For the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel, truth of old, shall not kneel, shall not faint. By His blood and
4: declare this story Lord the story that you have invited us to be a part of God that we share in your victory that we declare you are risen and we know that because of that we can live God may the power of this truth change us God may it give us a joy and a confidence today that we could never have without you May it give us an assurance in uncertain times that we could never have without the hope of the resurrection. And we declare this today. We celebrate this today. We say he is risen over and over and over again, God, because it's just awesome. It is so good to know that you are alive, to know that we are your church and that it is not done yet. Thank you, God, our victorious savior. We live for you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.
7: Good morning, church. If you're watching for the first time this morning or for the first time in a long time, I wanna say a special thank you and welcome. We are so glad you've joined us this Easter. My name is Chad Lowe, and I'm the interim campus pastor for our Streamwood campus. This year has been unlike any other for me, and I'm sure that is true for you as well. When the stay-at-home order started, I got a really bad case of the flu and was required to self-isolate. My wife and I had a newborn baby, and it was really stressful trying to protect her, knowing that I could get her sick as we were quarantined in our tiny apartment. What's helped ground us and, and keep us sane is my wife and I do a nightly devotional together. We read through God's word and we pray together each and every night. We do this because we know that there's power in the word of God, and there's power in prayer that God not only hears our prayers, but is also actively working in our life and in the world. This pandemic has caused all of our lives to change. It's caused fear, anxiety, and uncertainty as well. And we're praying together in the midst of this uncertainty, and we wanna be praying with you. Would you please take a moment and text prayer to the number on the screen? You'll get a response back asking for your prayer requests. We want to pray with you for whatever you're facing, whether you have something to praise God for, or you need prayer for you or a loved one. God hears our prayers and he wants you to talk with him. He wants to be praying with you and we want to be praying. In our community, there have been many hardships through this pandemic and you may be facing those today. So in addition to praying with you, we also wanna help you. Over the last few weeks, the people that make up this church have delivered groceries for high-risk groups so that they don't have to go into crowded places. We've donated blood, some masks for retirement communities, restocked food pantries, and helped with rental assistance and much, much more. The question is, do you need help today? If you do, go to wheatonbible.org help and share what it is that you need. Whether it's something small, like not being able to find toilet paper or hand sanitizer, or it's something much more significant, we want to help you. And for those of you that are in a position to help others, your help is very much so needed. Our Puente del Pueblo ministry in West Chicago helps kids and families in need and in just the last few weeks, it's had 24 families apply for rental assistance because of recent job loss. That number is increasing as businesses close and furloughs workers. Your community needs you. Even though this is a season of great financial uncertainty, your gifts to support what God is doing through Wheaton Bible Church in our communities and around the world is more important than ever. If you're able, would you consider increasing your offering to meet the increased need for help and help cover those that have had to reduce their offerings due to recent job loss? Take a moment right now to prayerfully consider making a gift or setting up a reoccurring gift to support ministry here. You can easily do this by texting Wheaton Bible to seven seven nine seven seven, or by visiting our website wheatonbible.org/give, or you can mail a check to the church office. Thank you for being a part of the ministry at Wheaton Bible Church. Now, would you please bow and pray with me as we pray for our church and the offering that we're about to receive? Lord God, we praise you that we get to celebrate Easter that in the midst of everything that's happening in the world, we have reason, we have cause to celebrate. And we get to celebrate because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, that Jesus didn't just die for our sins, but also rose from the dead in victory, that we get to remember that you are in complete and total control, that in the darkest moment of human history, light burst forth out of the grave, And Lord, we know, as it says in Romans chapter eight, that in Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. We have nothing to fear because nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Sickness can't separate us, hardship can't separate us, even death itself cannot separate us from your love. So Lord God, as we celebrate what you have done and accomplished this Easter, Lord, I pray that we would also live in light of that celebration, that we would serve because we have been served, that we would love because we have been loved, that we would care because you have cared for us in unimaginable ways. Lord, you are so good and worthy of our praise. And Lord, we praise you that we can gather together through technology, that even though we are all across the world, that we can watch this service together and we can celebrate and be united together as your body, your bride, the church. And Lord, I wanna pray for those who are sick, who are hurting, those who have lost jobs or are uncertain as to what will happen in the future. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us boldness and peace, that you would heal those who are sick, that you would bring and restore families that are broken, and Lord, that you continue to work through your church, that we would be your hands and feet to this world, that we would be your hands and feet to the community that we live in. Lord, you are so good. You are so awesome. And Lord, we stand in awe of you. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for dying on our behalf. And thank you, Lord, for rising in victory. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Good morning, familia. My name
8: is Hannibal Rodriguez, one of the teaching pastors here at church. And I wanted to welcome you again, especially if you're visiting, uh, if you're with us for the first time. Um, I want you to know something before I I preach the word this morning. If you are visiting visiting us for the first time through this uh, venue... I want you to know that uh, you are not alone, that we are here for you, that we want to pray for you, that if there's anything you need, we are here to serve you. So once again, please just let us know. On the other hand, though, if you are already part of the church family, if you're already part of Witten Bible Church, Tri Village, or even Iglesia del Pueblo, I I just want you to know that we miss you. We miss you so and so much. A A Sunday like today, I realize that this is a beautiful building, but a building church without church people is just a building. So I'm so looking forward to that time in which we're going to come together again. We're going to be able to worship together again. We're going to love one another Uh, close by. We're going to be able to serve one another close by. We're going to be able to hug one another. Well, maybe not that one, uh, maybe not at the beginning, but eventually we would all get into that. I just want you to know that we really miss you. And that even though today we are celebrating such an amazing and beautiful thing, it is different. And it feels different. So um, let, let me just tell you that for the first time ever in my lifetime, I can honestly say that there is no more relevant message. Because of what we're facing today, there is no more relevant message than the message of Easter. Easter. For the first time in my lifetime, I know for a fact that every single one of us is struggling. Every single one of us is suffering somehow. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how much you have or you don't have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter who you are and where you live. We all have this in common today. That we are all struggling and we are all suffering Somehow. Therefore, there is no more relevant message for us today than the message of Easter. Um, The beautiful thing and amazing thing about the Easter message is that it's not for people that have it all together. It's actually the most beautiful and amazing thing about the, the message of Easter is that it's for broken people, suffering people, struggling people, just like you and me. People that have this tendency to lose hope. People like you and me that we desperately need God to do something. So I am praying. I'm praying for you and I'm praying for me and I'm praying for everyone that will listen to this message. Uh, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that the resurrection that Je- of, and, and what Jesus Christ guarantees through his resurrection may become so and so real. That at the end of all of this, or even in the midst of all of this, we can, we can actually tell God something like this. Even though I don't know why we are suffering, even, even though I don't understand why we're going through everything we're going through, even though I am not grateful for suffering, I am grateful for what you do in suffering, I am grateful for what you do through suffering. Listen, we don't have to understand it all. And we don't have to reason it all. But we do need today, though, is to be grateful for what the Lord can do in suffering and through suffering. So for today, we're going to read once again the message, uh, the text that we read before. And this comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. So if you have your Bible, uh, please open, uh, open it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. And if you don't, don't worry. We're going to put the, the verses on the screen. And the word of the Lord goes like this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Allow me to pray. Lord, please speak to us this morning as we remember and celebrate such an amazing and important event in the history of the world. Please open up our eyes, open up our minds, open up our hearts. So we grasp the beauty and the magnitude and the power of, resurre- of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Please make it happen. Please, Holy Spirit, move in our midst. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say, Amen. Now, if you were with us on Friday... Um, We talked about that there are certain things that when they're present, they have the potential to make your life uh, feel miserable. So, for example, the presence of sickness. And if you were with us as well on Friday, you may remember that, that I mentioned that the absence of other things, that when they're not there, also have the potential to make us feel like if life is miserable, right? So the absence, for example, of human relationships and the absence of health. Right, Um, But my argument on Friday is that one of the reasons why we must celebrate Easter for Good Friday uh, and Easter Resurrection Sunday is because Jesus comes to fix all of that. Jesus comes to deal and fix all of that. So I told you on Friday, and we're going to repeat it today, that Jesus came to do three main things, at least from what we see in this text. That Jesus came to deal with the presence of sin and the absence of peace. That Jesus comes to deal with the presence of suffering and the absence of joy. That Jesus comes to deal with the presence of death and the absence of hope. So the first point, we talked about it uh, on on Friday. And today I'm going to be addressing the second too. So the question for you is this. What is it that Jesus does to deal with suffering and with the fear of death? Or what is it that Jesus does to give us joy and hope even in the midst of trouble? Now what I want you to see, the first thing that I want you to see there is that the text we just read has two key words, so two key phrases in the text. One comes in verse 3 and he talks about hope, living hope. And then the next one comes in verse 8 and he talks about joy, this inexpressible joy. Now, the reason why this is so important, and I'm going to put them on the screen for you, is because uh, these are the two words that mark the beginning of the section and the end of the section. In the beginning of the section, it says that Christians, for those of us that have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we have this living hope. And then it says at the end that the result of that living hope is this inexpressible and glorious joy. Both phrases extremely important. Now, living hope, as you could tell... It's something that is present and is active today. It's something that has the potential to control your emotions and deal with your fears. Notice that it is because of this living hope, once again, that we have this inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, the word joy is extremely important because the word joy is much more than just feeling happy. The word joy is this uh inner peace if you will this inner reality that regardless of what's happening outside of you that regardless of how much we're struggling outside of us inside we know that we can be okay see joy is not bound to circumstances bound is this inner reality that gives us peace and security and joy um what is interesting, though, is that it, this is not one of those words that you can explain really easy. This is not one of those words that you could uh, explain with human words what that means, actually. This is part of the reason why Paul uses the, phrase, the word inexpressible glorious joy. On the other hand, the word glorious there gives us a good understanding of what Paul is talking about. The word glory can be translated as heavy and what what Peter here, not Paul, Peter here is saying, is that this joy, it feels heavy within, regardless of what's happening outside of us. It is this conviction that regardless of what we're facing, we're going to be okay. So once again, this inexpressible and glorious joy, this inner peace, inner conviction is the result of us having This very present, very active living hope. Now, I want to argue that it is because Christians have this living hope and this inexpressible joy that throughout history we have seen so many different believers confront persecution and and confront death and confront struggling and confront pain without losing hope. This is the reason Because Jesus comes to give something that is not bound to circumstances. That Jesus comes to give something that is inside of you, that controls you from within, and that is not conditioned from the things that happen outside of you. See, I believe that this is something that modern culture cannot give you. See, if there's one thing that I've learned about modern culture, if there's one thing that I've learned about secularism, is that it doesn't give you the the tools necessary for you to confront suffering. See, secularism tells you that there's no God. Secularism tells you that there's nothing transcendent. Secularism tells you that the only thing that matters is the material world. But the question that I have to ask you is this. If the material world is no longer there, If your job is no longer there, if your house is no longer there, if your car is no longer there, if your health is no longer there, what do you cling to? And this is where Christianity offers something that is completely different to everything else. Because Christianity offers this thing that is transcendent. This thing that is not controlled by circumstances. This thing that works inside the person, regardless of what's happening outside the person. This is why I find it so fascinating, the concept of living hope. But not only that, is that this living hope, even though it's active in the present, even though it's working in the life of the believer today, this living hope has to do with the future. And this is the reason why Paul, in two different, two different times in verse 4, he talks about this inheritance. It says, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, the inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Now, inheritance, is a, it's an interesting definition because inheritance, by definition, is something that is legally yours. It's something that is officially yours, but that you just don't have it yet even though it's yours. Now, Peter here is using this word to describe what is going to happen later on in our future. Now, listen to this, because for me, this is one of the most beautiful and amazing messages of the Bible. The description of this time and place, this inheritance in which the entire creation will be completely restored. This time and place in which there is no more death, that's why he uses the word perish. This time and place in which there is no more decay nor sickness, that's why he uses the word spoil. A a time in a place in which there's there's no more weakness or sin, and that's why he uses the word fade. A place, a time and a place in which there's no more suffering. This is what we call in Christianity a future Glory, A future glory that is death-proof, sin-proof, time-proof. A future glory that is known as the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem and and heaven. And our future salvation. This future glory that we can call our future home. See, this future glory, as someone has, has said it, is the great interruption. Is the great interruption because suffering is the interruption of peace, death, and the interruption of life. This future glory is the end of the great schism, says somebody else. Because suffering rips up rips apart fellowship and death rips apart love. This future glory is the end of the great enemies, the enemies of fear, the enemy of death, and the enemy of sin. Listen, I, I, I don't know where you are spiritually. I, I don't know what's your spiritual journey right now. But this I know. That we all want that. We all desire that. We all know that there's something wrong when things go wrong here. We all know that suffering is not natural. We all know that dying is not natural. Because inside of us, there's something that says... That this is not the way God designed us to be. This is not the way God designed his creation. See, in modern times, some people are saying, well, what's the big deal about suffering? And what's the big deal about dying? Because if you die at at the end of the day, there's nothing after you die. It doesn't matter how many scholars and how many people are saying that this is true. We all know that there's something wrong about suffering and there's something wrong about dying our conviction as christians is that god has placed eternity in our hearts and that we know that this is not the way this is supposed to be now someone may be asking the question how does that help a person how does that help a christian if this if we're talking about this future glory A time in which there's no suffering and struggle and sin. How does that help a Christian in the present? Listen up. I am so glad you're asking that question. Because Peter has an answer for you. I'm so glad you're wondering about this. Because what Peter is going to argue here is that this this picture of what is yet to come, this picture of this future glory really affects the way you live today. It really affects the way... I live today, and I'm gonna give you five reasons. And this is the the practical applications of this text. And I want you to pay attention, and if you're taking notes, please write this down, because this right here is what is gonna sustain you in the midst of everything that you're going through. There, this future glory not only is gonna help us to cope with suffering and struggle, but this future glory. Is gonna transform transform us in such a way that not only you're gonna see God different, but that you will live different. Five reasons. Number one, this future glory means present present rest. This future glory means present rest. Look at verse four. It talks about this inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. In simple terms means that God is keeping heaven for you. That regardless of what's happening here, that regardless of what we encounter, that regardless of what we suffer, there's nothing that can change this future reality. That there's nothing that could take that future reality from Christians if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. That in God's sovereignty and in God's power, everything is going to go according to plan, and at the end of the day, He will win. Do you know why that's so important? Because as much as we hurt today, and as much as we are struggling today, we know that everything that we're facing today has a due date, the suffering is not permanent. That our struggles are not going to be there forever. That at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God will win. And this future glory will be ours. And in that, we can rest. See, I'm going to use an example that I've used here before. So if you you heard it before, please excuse me and bear with me. But I have this tendency that I know that some of you might not like. Uh, So please, once again. Please forgive me. Um, I have this tendency that when I'm watching a movie, right, and that movie gets complicated. Uh, and I have a lot of questions about that movie. And then, or what's happening in the drama. And I don't, I, I don't understand where the movie is going or what's happening. Uh, I have this tendency to stop the movie. And then I fast forward to the last chapter of the movie. Especially if I'm doing it at home, right? I fast forward to the last chapter of the movie and then I watch it. And I see how the story ends. And then, once again, I know that many of you are hating what I'm saying right now, but, but listen, there is a biblical justification for what I'm saying. I watch the end of the movie, and then I go back, and I continue watching what I was watching before. But now, free of rest, uh, completely restful, uh, completely in peace, full rest, no anxiety. No questions, no struggles, no wondering. Now you would say, man, Hannibal, you killed the movie. You ruined the movie. And I would say, no. For me personally, I actually get to enjoy the movie even more. Because I know how the story ends. How about if I argue that that's Christianity for you? We know how the story ends. We know what is yet to come. We know what God is going to do. We know that in his sovereignty, his plan will be accomplished. We know that God is powerful enough and at the end he will win. We know that everything we go through everything we go through here has a due date. These two shall pass. Everything we go through in this life compared to this future glory is nothing. Actually, whatever we, go, we are going through today, the only thing that it does for, for a believer is that it helps us desire this future glory even more. Paul calls this the greater weight of glory. Future glory means present Rest. Now, from the same verse, verse 4, we see that future glory means present strength. And this is what I mean by that. That when it comes to what is yet to come, that is so beautiful and so amazing that even dying is gain, Paul says. That for anybody that has placed their faith in Jesus Christ, to die is actually graduation into something better. That's why we can say that Christians, uh, for the most part, shouldn't be afraid to die. Because to die is gain. See, there's a scholar here um, in Illinois, his name is D.A. Carson, and he says that it's really difficult to defeat an enemy that is not afraid of dying. Because for that person, dying is winning. And I would like to argue that that's what Christianity offers. Let me give you this illustration. Uh, uh, This happened at the end of last year, December 30th, to be exact. Uh, Jonathan Evans, the son of Tony Evans, after his mother passed away, he says that he was struggling, uh, trying to understand why is it that God did not answer his prayers. And he says that he went through a season in in which he's questioning God and wrestling with God. And the reason why he's doing that is because the Bible gives us permission to wrestle with God. When we have questions, when we have doubts, when we have fears, we can always go to him and ask him and wrestle with him. Well, this is what this guy is going through. And he's praying and he's doing all of these things, seeking for the Lord. And this is what he says, and I quote, As I was wrestling with God, he answered. And he said, you don't understand the nature of my victory. Because just because I didn't answer your prayer your way, it doesn't mean that I haven't already answered your prayer. Listen up. Because victory was already given to your mom. There was always only two answers to your prayers. Either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Either she was going to live or she was going to live. Either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. Either she was going to be well taken care of or she was going to be well taken care of. Victory belongs to me. That's what you need. That's what I need. That's the future glory. Glory. Future glory means present strength. Number three, future glory means present trust. Look at what verse 5 says. That through faith, we are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And this is basically what Peter is saying. That God is not only keeping heaven for you, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. But that he's keeping you for heaven. Let me say that again. Because he's worth like a thousand dollars. God is keeping heaven for you. No, more than that. A million dollars. God is keeping heaven for you. But he's also keeping you for heaven. Meaning that it doesn't matter how much you suffer that it doesn't matter the things that we encounter today that it doesn't matter how much pain we experience how many tears we shed he keeps you he holds you until you make it until you make it to heaven if you are a christian you are never alone if you are a christian you are never abandoned because he would always hold you fast see there's this hymn that has been so significant to me in my christian walk it's a it's kind of a modern hymn uh, but every time i go through difficult situations i go back to that hymn and i think that the holy spirit uh, spirit reminds me of it and it goes like this when when i fear my faith will fail but christ will hold me fast when the tempter would prevail he will hold me fast I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path for my love is often cold so he must hold me fast. See, he will hold you fast until you make it to home. God is not only keeping heaven for you but he's going to keep you for heaven. Future glory means present trust. Number four, Future glory means present growth. See, in verse 6, he says that as as, as human beings, we're going to experience grief and all kinds of trials. But in verse 7, he argues that this suffering in God's economy is never wasted suffering. Because suffering is necessary for two main reasons. To get to show us who we really are inside... And number two, so we get to grow. Look at what the verse says. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That this suffering, that this pain, that this struggle, that, this, that, that, that all these unexpected things are necessary to refine us. To refine us and to show us the reality of our hearts. The way I see it is these, mir- these, these, these things we go through are like mirrors of our hearts. Now, I'm sure that you watched this movie uh, a long time ago, and if, and if you're a little one or a young person listening to this, I'm sure you've seen this movie Snow White. I want to argue that that's a Christian movie for so many reasons, but that's besides the point. But there's a, there's a person, there's a character in that story, which is the witch. And she has this tendency to look at this mirror and say the same thing all the time. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? Who is the most beautiful person in this creation? And the, the mirror always says the same thing. Not you. You know how painful that is? To think that you're beautiful to think that you are okay, to think that you have it all together, but then when struggle comes and pain comes and ugly circumstances come, you realize that that's not you. You realize that there's things inside of you that could only come out when we go through the things that we go through. See, everything we go through and all these things we go through. It's sometimes necessary to show you not just the things that you don't want to see. But the things that you need to see. So you grow. He shows me my fears. He shows me my insecurities. He shows me my idols. He shows me what I really trust. So... During this season, I've been seeking the Lord constantly. I've been praying more, reading the Bible more, meditating more, repenting more. I'm seeking the Lord much more for obvious reasons. Uh, But about two weeks ago, um, I went to the store because we needed some things for home. And and it was evening, and I go to the store, and the store is empty, like completely empty. There were very few people there, right? And and, and I see this, and I start to feel like uh, kind of depressed a little bit. Right, And then I see the very few people I saw. They had so many gadgets and things. They look like transformers. They, they, they look weird to me. And I'm thinking, like, what's wrong with this picture? And then I'm driving home and the streets are completely empty. And when I get home, I tell, the first thing I tell my wife, I said, this is so depressing. Now, listen up. That, that's not my tendency. It's by nature. I, I, I usually don't react that way. But that day... That was exactly what was happening in my heart. Now, it happened to be that that evening, I was watching an interview with Bill Gates. And you know that Bill Gates is extreme. He's he's not just wealthy. He's super smart. And in this interview, he's giving all the reasons why he thinks that everything is going to be okay. That eventually, everything is going to be okay. And I got to tell you that when I heard these very wealthy, powerful men saying that everything was going to be okay, I felt so much better. Because Bill Gates said it. And then I could almost hear God speaking into my heart and saying something like, So now you feel better. How about if you trust me a little bit more? How about if you rest in me a little bit more? How about, Hannibal, if you stop trusting so and so much, so and so much what men can do? Your ultimate security, Hannibal, God says, is me. Your ultimate security is God. The only way I could deal with this stuff in my heart, the only, the only way I was, I was going to be able to see this in my heart is because of what we're going through. Future glory means present growth. And lastly, future glory means present wonder. Look at what verse 8 says. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. What I find fascinating about that verse is the word love. Because the word word that is used there in the original is not just this emotional thing of love but can actually be translated as taking pleasure in God. And the word believe there is not just to believe with your head, but it is to believe to the point that we trust. And in the midst of everything that we're going through, in the midst of everything that we're facing, God is giving us the opportunity to experience him more. To experience him in a completely different way. That even though we are facing everything we're facing today, every time he's working us and teaching us how to rest, every time he's working and teaching us and he's giving us strength, every time he's working and teaching us how to trust, every time he's helping us to grow, we get to see him and experience him like never before. We get to see the magnitude of his power and his love. We get to see how reliable he is, how constant he is, how unchanging he is, how secure he is, how sufficient he is. Because in the midst of all of this, he's doing something. And the result of that is that we get to love him and believe in him more. So, listen up, church. Yes, pain hurts. But we know that the story has a beautiful ending, and in that we rest. Yes, death hurts, but to die is gain. Yes, struggle hurts, but God is keeping us for heaven, and he's keeping heaven for us. Yes, suffering hurts, but this is an opportunity for us to grow. Yes, agony hurts. But I guarantee you that you won't find anybody more beautiful, more reliable, more powerful than God in the midst of pain. Question. How do we know that this is true? Well, at the beginning of the text, it tells you. Because of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. This is the reason why we celebrate what we celebrate. The resurrection guarantees what is yet to come. The resurrection is the beginning of God preparing our hearts so one day he will say, welcome home. Because of, my, because of what my son did for you on Friday. He died for your sins. And because he resurrected on Sunday, heaven is yours. Welcome home. Don't you want that? I want that. Don't you need that? Yes, we do. Do you have it? Let's pray. Lord, the image of heaven is so beautiful. It's so amazing, so powerful that it really, really transforms our lives. Lord, we thank you so much because we don't have to wonder what is yet to come. The Bible makes it clear. And we thank you, Lord, because as, as, we, as we confront the reality of this sinful, broken, and messed up world, we can find rest for our souls because of what is yet to come. We can trust Because of what is yet to come. We can grow. Because of what is yet to come. We can have joy. Living hope. And inexpressible joy. Because of what is yet to come. Please make that real to us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. soldiers watched in vain, was borrowed for three days. Yes. His body there would not remain. We know. Our, Our God, God has survived the Your name, your name
8: What a beautiful image of what is yet to come. Now, before we finish our service, I want to do two things. Uh, first of all, I want to invite you. I, 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 I want to invite you to explore Christianity if, if, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ just yet. As you heard, the, the future glory is what you're craving for. And the future glory is what you need. And if you are a believer, I want to invite you to, to love others and to share with others what we already have. I also want to invite you to come back next week as we continue to worship together um, through this venue. These are times in which we need to be connected with one another, but also we need to be connected with God. And lastly, I want to pray this blessing over you. Because this is the blessing that Jesus Christ guarantees for us, not just because he died, but because he resurrected. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine in you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. And we all say, amen. Thanks for being with us. We love you. See you next week.
9: Thank you for worshiping with us today. If you're new here, we want you to know three things. You are welcome, you are wanted, and you are needed. If you wanna know how you can get more connected, we're launching a brand new Facebook group starting today. You can find us on our Facebook page and we have congregants and pastors waiting to get to know you and help you get connected. As Chad shared before, we wanna know how we can be praying and caring for you. You can text prayer or pastor and our pastoral team will be praying for you and responding throughout the week. You can also call and we'd love to hear your voice. Last, I wanna invite you to join us again next week for our new teaching series, Faith in Times of Trouble. We'll learn how we can trust God more and more in times like these. If you know someone that needs a message like this, invite them to a watch party, FaceTime them, or boombox serenade them from the street. All right, good
8: morning, familia.
9: See you there. That's all for today. Thanks for spending Easter with us. We hope you're bringing joy and hope to those around you this week.